to Your Welcome Hollywood, a podcast where Ed, Tom, and Ruben create a brand new screenplay every episode. Some of the ideas are better than others. Welcome to Your Welcome Hollywood with Ed, Tom, Ruben. Yay! And it's like you said, welcome to Your your Welcome. Did I? Did I give it like a real drawl on the (laughs) initial (laughs) Your Welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, welcome to Yurkum, Hollywood. <laughs> oh, Steve Yurkle? <laughs> you're, well, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, thank you, listeners. Today, uh, we have decided that because of Justice League coming out, there is just too much length right. of movie in the That's world. Right. We don't <laughs> want to so, add to it. Yeah, yeah we don't It's actually a finite resource. That's right. Um, and so we got bumped by the Snyder Cut. There can only be so much movie. Um, but we decided to do one of our listener specials today mm-hmm. and talk to you guys about whatever it is you wanted to hear about. So uh, Tom has the the list O questions somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, it's on our, our book. Yeah, we we're a- just going to answer questions from our friends and fans on Facebook. We Don't did. you guys love that when podcast hosts won't say like Facebook, but they have cute little names like Fubuck? Oh, Fubuck. Or or the tweet or the tweeters. I still call mine. I still call mine the Facebook because I'm like yeah. I'm an originalist. I still call mine MySpace because that's where <laughs> where I am. Yeah. When I say my MySpace, I mean Facebook. Yeah. I just go. With, I have my I top just go eight. with book. Oh, nice. because I don't because it. I don't read books. So like you know, if I say book, that's the one. Well, I don't. I don't read faces. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Ed. That's I'm face blind, but I'm book literate. Mm-hmm. Oh, I actually do. I have a mild case of face blindness. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, it's mostly with actors, but for mm. some reason, I just, like, cannot remember who anyone famous is. There are groups, like, I called earlier, I'm looking at the Zoom, and unfortunately, you, you all aren't, listeners aren't able to... Um, see how handsome ed looks today and i commented mm-hmm. that he looks like chris pine and then they're like really oh did. that's interesting because and then I, I realized that who i really meant was chris evans and all of those handsome chris's just got lumped for me and unfortunately that's you know it's just the way it is guys get lumped yeah what is it what is it called when you have face blindness for just like one group of people um, racism uh, racism yes that's it that's it that's what i don't have <laughs> I don't oh, have look, racism. I, I just wanted to make it very clear. <laughs> yeah. I just can't yeah. tell any of them apart. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but for me, it's people in Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And if, yeah. You know, if you're going to be racist against a group of people, that's yeah. the one. It's people specific, in Marvel it's movies. specifically the handsome white men of Marvel movies. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I feel like that's the most blameless yeah. <laughs> version. Right. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty inoffensive. <laughs> It's a group um, of people to hate. There you go. So we got we got a list of ty- uh, list of sorry we got <laughs> we we did <laughs> yes Tom uh-huh. we asked we asked our dear fans uh, to to send in some questions that were kind of improv related. Um, oh yeah, uh, writing performance that kind of stuff. So that's that's the thread. That's what we'll be talking about today. Although before we get started, I did want to just bring up this wonderful. Tom's got a moment. I have, have. <laughs> if I may share this moment with you all. Uh, we were talking uh, before we started recording about a pitch that just accidentally happened about a really wonderful movie that I just wanted to say just what the pitch is. <laughs> we were talking okay. about how many Home Alone movies there are and then how wonderful it would be if there was a Home Alone that was actually about the, a family that moved away and the home 
missed them so much that the home traveled across the country to go find them and all the wacky hijinks and, and lessons it, it ran into along the way. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's kind of like a, a home alone colon homeward bound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, yeah. just a house moving its way across the country. Kind of a, uh, uh, like it makes me think of also like brave little toaster in yeah, some ways. Right. It, it um, is very brave little toaster, which is one of the best brave little toaster is such a good movie. Never seen it, but I will. Ah, I think, one of the best. I think it'll make Tom, me cry. you have children. How have you not seen the Brave Little Toaster? I should watch it with my uh, kids. Brave Little Toaster is kind of scary in parts, honestly. Yeah. It is. Um, it's really, really good, though. Yeah, it's it's one of those, like, um, th- th- that phenomenon of children's movies that kind of scarred you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like The Secrets of Nim. Oh my god! It's yeah, it's not as bad as the secret of Nim. <laughs> yeah, Nim is Nim is a different level for sure. This uh-huh. isn't watching Watership Down with your children. <laughs> Got it. The hills, the blood, <laughs> just oh no, oh, boy, this is it. Are these rabbits going to be okay? I thought no. cartoons were for kids. Okay, so the uh, okay, so the um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, the brave little sister goes to Mars is nothing sacred. <laughs> That's a real title. It is. Oh boy! All right, so, Tom, get us into the questions. That would be yeah. my pleasure. Uh, so let me do it in order of importance. The one you like the most? Us. Oh, okay. Uh, Who we in, like the most? Yeah, in, in order, order of. Chronolo- I'm gonna do chronolog. Chronolog order. Um, if I had to put Operations. a monetary value on you as a person, mm-hmm. who's the most valuable? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'll start with okay. Kaylin Louise for um, nice. for that exact reason. <laughs> Priceless. Priceless. Kaylin Louise. Kaylin, uh, one of our very favorite people and fans in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Kaylin asks, do you feel that doing improv or having an improviser mindset has benefited you in the real world? Um, and then how and how has it imp- impacted your approach to art and all that kind of stuff, too? A hundred percent. Yes. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, um, one of my biggest things as an improv teacher is telling people like gaining this skill set will improve your mental health and make you a better person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I don't think those things are untrue. Yeah. I think, um, I, I tell, I tell people this a lot is on an individual level because, you know, improv, I think for the most part, it, I don't want to say this isn't a black and white rule, but like it's, it's a collaborative art form. You know, you're, you're, you're playing off other people, but on an individual level, it's really taught me to like trust an idea that is just a seed of an idea. And even if it doesn't necessarily have legs right away to be able to just trust in a process of like building on it and exploring that idea and being confident that like kind of any idea can be a great idea if you can just, ex- you know, explore it and exploit it in the right way. I mean, the the biggest thing for me is that improv just simply teaches you that other people's ideas have worth. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes. And so, the, you know, so much of what I think are bad mental patterns for people are just like you literally do not hear what people are saying to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you think everyone but you is stupid. Yeah, I think there's a big uh, there's a big transition we go through developmentally in a like in a in a like capitalistic based society um and and one that as you get older you have to like really focus on a bunch of things just to survive and live in it and all of those things are like 
antithetical to a lot of the basic joys of being a human as a creature. <laughs> um, it, it is anti-empathetic for sure. For yeah, sure. right. So it's like everything is about getting yours and results. You know, you're you're a team of just yourself. Um, uh, it's all these things that are that are really like really suck. And one of those one of the side effects of that is like uh, imagination or the importance of imagination goes away, and you stop engaging with an ima- imagination. Like every creature does that at youth. It's how we play and discover and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and you stop doing that because you have to because like all of these bigger things become more important. Going right. to college, getting a job, et cetera, et cetera. And they're and what improv not more does, important. they're just like you know societally. Yeah, society has made them more right. important. These right. Uh, there's no reason why they are integral to you living. Um, and so what improv I think did for me, that was the coolest thing was like it reintroduced imagination and, and like the acceptable an acceptable way to reengage in that, um, back into my life That's where it's awesome. like, Oh, I get to engage in imagination time now. Um, you know, it's, it's <clears throat> like the same way, like you would hang out with the kids in the cul-de-sac and you would be, uh, you know, pirates and aliens or whatever. You just, you would just go out there and imagine to be shit and you would do it and have a blast and you stop doing that improv is like you know when i think especially like when you get your foundations in improv and you're good at it when i hit the stage with like improvisers and especially with that and tom it's like the exact same feeling of we're just gonna get out here and be things and like make things happen and have a good time and not worry about anything else and then unsurprisingly if you look at society like improv is the butt of so many jokes yeah Um, yeah but because because it's the idea of like (laughs) yeah it's the idea that playing is silly right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i I mean it's comedy as well right there's a reason why comedy is looked at as a lesser like comedic actors are looked at as less skilled Mm. than dramatic actors when a (laughs) they're two entirely different in dramas Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I A, they're two entirely different things. B, I do think that for the most part when you see comedic actors transfer over to drama, they do much better than vice versa because I think oh, comedy yeah. requires a timing and skill set and capability that drama does not. Uh, yeah. It's harder to make people laugh than to make people feel a thing in my opinion. Um and and piggybacking off something you were saying, Ruben, about just like discovering joy and imagination one of the things that especially as stages thankfully over the years is so slowly and it's nowhere near where it needs to be um but i'm hopeful for the 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 future as it continues to evolve but like as our stages have become more equitable and more diverse the amount of different voices that i get to experience and play with and watch and listen and like i'm i'm just constantly surprised in the best possible way of like, oh, a story can go here or an idea can be this or a character can sound like this or a grandma is like this too. And like things that just because of the way I live and my background, and that, that's not to say just like as a white guy, cause we're not a monolith either, but like to see all these different things is so exciting for me. And that's transferred to my life where like, I know that any combination of creative partners or creative influences, even if I'm just working by myself, can yield new exciting results and that makes me just excited on a daily level to try something different or just try a different ingredient in in something that i'm that i'm working on yeah i I talk about this with uh my partner a lot um because she has very conservative christian parents um and the constant sort of like mantra coming from 
that world is. Well, I bet you can't joke about anything anymore. And we've found Mm -hmm. it is the opposite. I know. I'm having so much fun right now, honestly. Like, and especially the more people of different kinds are on stage, honestly, the more you can joke about. That's what I feel Um, like, too. It's just antithetical to. I guess that way of thinking, like you're just not you punching could, down. You just can't punch yeah. down anymore. And that to me is like so liberating. Cause like, what's the fun in punching down? Honestly, if you're making people feel bad, like well, if, if we can take down, yeah. if we can take down power structures in our own little comedic way, and you have all these other voices that are experiencing power structures in their own ways. And now I get to be a part of that. And sometimes like, because I'm a white guy, I can sometimes embody that power structure and there's fun in that of like taking that down. And because I know that there's nothing but love and acceptance on stage, like I don't, I have fun with it. It's fun I mean, for me. Honestly, the the reason it eliminates punching down is because the person you're punching at would be on the same stage as you. Right. Yeah, this is a thing that I've been, um, think, I would, I've been thinking about like writing about this just because it's such a, it's a thing that I think people, especially people that come from much more conservative backgrounds, um, uh, don't realize is like, so like you look at <clears throat> even people in comedy, right? You look at some of the old heads in stand up that are just like, oh man, I can't fucking say anything anymore. Like uh, PC culture, cancel culture is killing stuff. Um, if you are truly, I think an advocate of comedy and the ability to talk about whatever you want to talk about and like truly make fun of anything, you like the thing that you shouldn't be blaming is is PC culture. You should be p- blaming power structures like white supremacy and uh, patriarchy and and misogyny because those power structures have created inequalities that make it impossible for us to joke or make it harder for us to joke about certain things without it being hurtful or damaging to people. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> if you somehow, which is like a you know obviously a huge task. But if you get rid of, like, if you have true, actual true equality, if you get rid of white supremacy and the patriarchy and misogyny and all of those things, then suddenly, like, there isn't anywhere to punch down. So then you can have all of those jokes. Like, it is, to me, it is 100% legit. There are legit differences in culture, in, uh, uh, like, ethnic culture, uh, ethnicity differences, in a bunch of things that are generally, I think, funny. Like, I think it is... Mm-hmm. It can be funny how someone says something, and it's mm-hmm. not malicious necessarily. Like it can be funny how an accent sounds. Um, it can be, uh, but it, it can be funny. Mean, and I hate that guy. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. It can be funny how a culture does something differently from what you are used to. And if all of those things are on the same playing field or into the same level of equality, then like we can joke about that right. stuff and have a great yeah, time. To add a little clarity to that, because I know this is implied, <clears throat> but I want to, and I know you're saying this, yeah, but yeah. like. To me, the difference or the difference that we're, that Ruben's talking about here is like when you eliminate supremacy from that, to say that like, oh, this name sounds mm-hmm. funny. You're not saying yeah. it sounds funny to all of us and it's bad. We're saying in my, because I'm from this culture and that's new to me, we can have fun with it. I'm not, and it's not punching down at all. Yeah, you'd... exactly, exactly. And uh, thank you for clarifying that, Tom. And that's, and that's where like, <clears throat> that's why like, if to me, if you're truly an advocate and someone that wants comedy to be able to be about anything then what you should be attacking you should understand that pc culture or limiting what we talk about or like what we joke about on stage or just like it takes such a deft deft hand to be able to punch down in a way that is an uh, insightful and observant but not damaging and harmful or hurtful like your enemy isn't the pc culture the pc culture is a response and a product of all of those power structures mm-hmm. that is necessary 
like it's necessary to have gay pride and not white pride because of the power structure differences. If there wasn't white white pride, then we wouldn't have to have you know, or we would need uh, gay pride parades, right? Um, so me saying that as a queer person, um, that's how we fix those things. And so for me, like if that's what you want, then your enemy is really clear. And if you refuse to make that your enemy, it's because you want to uphold that power structure because you benefit it in some right, way. Right. And that's where most of that does come from. Right. Or you're um, afraid of it changing. And that's, or, that's yeah, just or you're afraid you. of it because you don't. And most of fear comes from lack of understanding sure. and lack of understanding comes from um, like laziness uh, and not wanting to take put in the work to understand better. Um, so, so that's like, yeah, us talking about this. One, one of my, one of my favorite, uh, this kind of gets to a question that Kaylin asked about like a favorite uh, memory related to improv. Um, not necessarily a favorite one, but a, a, a really funny one for me was like uh, me and Ricky Boynton, who is a, a, a black improviser. We were doing a scene where we were like uh, we were like driving in a car and Tommy Futch, who is a white improviser, pulled us over as a cop. And me and uh, Ricky got to have this really fun dialogue about like, I think Ricky was driving and I was like, oh, like, should we swap seats? Because he's a black man and we're getting pulled over by a white cop. And that's like sensitive as fuck. Like black men die from that. All the time yeah, for the, so but, things that, but he's there. Yeah, yeah. right. Ricky's so like there. Ricky's yeah. there though, mm-hmm. and also I'm also brown. Like I'm Cuban. Um, I'm white passing, but my last name is Medina. I have driven through areas of Virginia and Alabama where I've been like, hey, am I good? Like if they see my license and see my last name, am I okay? Like what is this going to be like? Mm-hmm. I've had those same fears. So me and Ricky got to talk about that in a really funny way of like playing this like sweet uh, seat swapping game and then like ultimately realizing like we're kind of fucked either way <laughs> like if things go south right. but I'm the white passing one so let's go with me yeah. like just in case right. and that's funny that's and that's fun. a fun thing to play right. with but it only works because you had you know p- people of different backgrounds on that stage to play with it mm-hmm. um, yeah there was um, I guess it, it, this that was a nice transition to, to sick transition, Ruben. Um, to uh, to Caitlin's other question, dude. Fucking sick. <laughs> but it did it did remind me of another scene that Ricky was in that I that I jumped into. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm kind of enjoying this like hot button improv conversation we're having. Um, but we did uh, based off of so far a single question. It's great, but that's the point. You know, we're having. A, I hope. I hope people are enjoying this when they're listening, um, or challenged, or triggered by it. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> but I'm gonna go. Let me switch over to Joe Rogan. <laughs> but I remember there was. I'm um, tired of this. <laughs> we had we had Phil Lamar in town, who is an amazing improviser and mm-hmm. voice actor and actor. Um, he's black, and we had. We had Ricky in the show, Chris Gray and John Carr mm-hmm. and all black performers. And, um, and I just like, to me, the, the, the important here thing here is that is the trust and, and the knowing that like we have each other's backs and, and, and that if things need to get called out, we can, we can do it in a loving way. I preface that by saying like, so this scene is happening and, and they're on stage and, and, and they sort of set up that like they're going to do the black version of cats. And, um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say like, so I walked on stage and well, said blank. <laughs> well, it is kind of like that actually. So they're doing there. And but you're, you're just watching this really long build up. Like the whole thing is them like posturing and be like, Oh, I'm going to walk like this. And it like, 
it, they're doing it in these ways that are like, they're leaning into their blackness for the whole thing. Like, I'm going to walk this way. I'm going to talk this way. And it's like just this like really long buildup. I think that they even changed their like cat's names to, you know, things that felt like represented their blackness too. It was just like, they're building up what is the blackest scene you could make. Right. And that's like what they're doing. And I just couldn't help myself that I, I like, uh, I just like right when they're, I think they, they'd sort of like reached this peak and you were, I was just feeling the moment had like kind of reached this peak. And I was like, I just, you know, in the whitest way possible, just like sauntered on stage and was like, Hey guys, uh, Jamal called out. So I'm filling in for him tonight. And, uh, <laughs> and, and they like, you know, they knew exactly what I was doing and, and like it, it just ended up being this really, you know, it, it didn't, the scene didn't go much longer than that. It was so, so fun. Um, but again, it was just because of there was trust and I, and I wasn't making fun of black culture. I was making, if anything, I was kind of poking fun at white people, appropriate, you know, like appropriating that in a way, mm-hmm. but like because of that trust and because of those relationships, um, it ended up just being like one of the, a super, super fun scene. Like they loved, you know, they, everyone loved it. It was so, so, so fun. I'm trying to think. The question was, what's your favorite improv memory? I mean, I don't have very many improv memories just because, like, once a show is done, it flies out of my head. Mm-hmm. I very rarely remember anything on stage. <laughs> um, it's a weird fugue state. But I do remember, like, all, all of my favorite improv memories, for the most part, are uh, Ed, Tom, and Ruben shows. Just uh, the insane physical moments that are hard mm-hmm. to forget. <laughs> so when, because when because like, you're physically scarred from it still yeah you yeah know, because i'm like, like hey guys i can't move for two days after because my back is thrown out precise like when ruben made me do box jumps for a while and then <laughs> i went down to the green room after the show and coughed once and had back spasms for two days <laughs> uh or uh the God, the fucking, what was it? We did a standing 69. We did mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. R- Tom lying on the ground and me making Ruben fuck him by pushing his legs up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a very, lot of these. A lot of big, There's big, lots big of stuff like, like that. They're we've mostly just, like, sexual. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of like, we've but just like, funny. crawled up each other's, up and down each other's bodies. Uh-huh. Into in each other's, most, like literally into each other's yeah. t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, Tom and Ruben wore the same turtleneck <laughs> at mm-hmm. one point. There is a while there is I, a, uh, I while I believe I puppeteered Tom's penis through mm-hmm. the uh, the flap of his jeans. Mm-hmm. In case you're missing our shows, yeah. In case you want to know what the live guys, what we do on stage. Come see us live. We're so fucking great. Uh, uh, yeah, taking down power structures, guys. There is a uh, there. Yeah. We're doing so much good work. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, just, we're dismantling the patriarchy one yeah, fourth ridiculous dick joke at a time. Uh, I'm not saying that we're like mm, the Antifa of improv, but um, I think uh, <laughs> But we are feared by the right. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, laugh Tifa! I'm sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> it's been very funny. Chattering um, Tifa. <laughs> I like that laugh Tifa would just be like lafty fascist. Like, uh-huh. What's even mean? Yeah, right. Uh, there is a there is a <laughs> we consider ourselves lafty fascist. Yeah, we're fascist, but boy, do we laugh. Oh, we have fun. <laughs> we um, have a great time. 
there was there was a theater of the mind where I don't remember exactly what what happened in the scene, but I I did just leave the building for five minutes, and the, um, only to reappear. Yeah, in the audience to like heckle uh, oh. briefly. Oh yes, and, that was wonderful. <laughs> some of my favorite things I think are well, they always they always come down to moments of like like Tom was saying before, like such intense trust that you get to do something the audience like ideally you know probably hasn't ever seen before on stage right like just seeing someone literally like ah, i'm gone and like be gone for right i was gone for a good solid five minutes and, and i had no like, idea what and, the fuck was going right. on it's not like you said hey i'm going for five minutes and i'll reappear and don't worry yeah it was like all right ruben's gone and yeah, <laughs> let's, you, let's you keep, just let's, angrily let's walked out the side door of the theater That's right yeah, That's and right. slammed the door That's in right. anger um and then sat back down in the theater a couple minutes later um, and just being like, I have no, and the downside of that was me being like, I don't know what's been happening since I've been gone. So I have no idea what's happening in these scenes. Um, but just, just <laughs> those moments of like trust of just like, all right. Yeah. Well, like we trust that what you're doing is going to have a payoff or honestly, you have an idea I for this or whatever. I just assumed you were gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, I think was you, like, you had, we had to play it that way. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. like, oh, we better, we better set this up for Ruben's return. Cause who, you know, we didn't know. <laughs> yeah and i think that trust too like i remember some of my uh, we can move on after this but like we can um one of my favorite uh, some of my favorite improv moments too are were like trust where no one entered the scene where like i yeah. you know like i got called into a scene to do something and it was just me up there and i've just found a fun game to play you know improv game you know like a pattern or some sort of narrative and the trust from everyone else that was off stage to not like enter, not that I'm like, I didn't want someone to enter, but like what was happening on stage on, a, on a, just in a solo scene was enough to be, you know, a really memorable thing. Cause you really audiences and either other, other improvisers rarely get to see uh, a solo scene, especially when it, you know, is kind of working. So that, those are other trust moments where sometimes you're just like, I'm going to stay out of this cause it's kind of working. This actually um, leads me. Uh, this is nice. This is a nice segue for a question that Maggot asked um, uh, Maggot Rushdie, which is like, "What's your favorite kind of improv to watch?" Okay, because Maggot um, also did ask, "Fuck Mary Kill." So I was curious. Which I was like, is this the second to that one? I think so he's asked. I think it all three of us need to do a "fuck Mary Kill" on each other, which okay. is weird because you will be involved in one of those right. three things. We already know. Yeah, I already know. Um, I'm Mary, but anyway, we would all kill ourselves. But oh yeah, I think Tom is Mary for everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Like there's no thank you. I yeah. don't think there's a I question. Agree. Oh, I I totally agree. I'm a great I'm yeah. a great spouse. Yeah, yeah. he's just um, so wholesome. Yeah, and I and I like I just carry my weight around the house. Okay, like I'll do the dishes. <laughs> I'll freaking like I'm responsible. I got your back. I'll let you sleep in. You know. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah, because I won't ask you how many miles you're going for a run, or at least I won't be judgy about <laughs> that's it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, uh-huh. I, and I feel like all three of us would fuck ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, no, I would. Ruben's thinking really long and hard about this. I, would. I mean, I would. Everybody I could, wants I, to fuck themselves, Ruben. I would, like, no, I, I'm not just everybody wants, wants to, to fuck, fuck themselves. I love over Zoom, everyone singing at once and yeah. it just being a <laughs> fucking of, mess. I just stop. <laughs> yeah, I think fuck for me would either be be me or Ed. Though honestly, it could be any three of us. I think yeah, all of us honestly, are probably to be fair, different, to be fair, good, would, but different. Tom, I would how fuck myself. Insulted are you by the fact that not, Ruben won't fuck you? Not at all. I'm not <laughs> no, at all. I because, just said all three of us. <laughs> no, right? But you did say the two of you, and I don't. And I'm not at all insulted because I do feel like I am the I am a hundred percent the most basic of the group. Um, uh huh. Like You're the most I, variable but least fuckable. 
<laughs> right. But like, yeah. I'll give you good attention and I will eat the butt. So like, you know, it's like you, 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 you don't get the raw, you know, you don't get, it's not like a raw deal with me, but like, um, <laughs> you get but, loving ass eating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, I feel, I feel like if you're just like, if you're like, you know what? I just need the good comfort food. Right. That's where you get a Tom. For that's that. right. That's right. Like, I just, I, like, I, I just want to get pounded in the yeah. most basic way possible. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like, I like really taken care to of. ass eating as comfort food. Well, <laughs> yeah. they're both down South. Yeah. So come fart food. Okay. That yeah. was too much. Can we edit that out? Anyway, uh, sorry. No. So <laughs> fuck, Mary kill is out of the way, but uh, what was Maggot's other question? Oh, sure, 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 sure. Oh, sure. what's your favorite um, kind of improv to watch? Um, yes. I yes. always go with, I do not think it is useful to um, to delineate between short form and long form mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in in the way that people ordinarily do. I always go with a quote from Joe Bill that I love, which is, um, most of the improv I enjoy watching comes from a place of love, and mo- most of the improv I don't enjoy watching comes from a place of fear. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll I'll piggyback off that because I had seen this question. I kind of was like trying to think about the answer, and I came up with it. My the 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 shortest answer I could come up with is confident improv. Yeah. Um, like it doesn't have to be fast paced. It doesn't have to be super funny. It doesn't have to be goofy. It doesn't have to be long form or short form. Certainly, I just what I don't like to watch are people just being wishy washy and and not being assertive with their choices or trusting their partners or you know like just someone doing some stage mime and their partner comes in and just stares at that thing for a while and crouches over. That is like one of my least favorite things to ever see on stage. Uh, so yeah. Watching me, people try to do it right. In right. Yes, ones. exactly. Yeah. So like to me, it's just if, if you're, if you're owning your moment and your stage and your and who you are and what you're doing, like I'm, I'm in for that for sure. I think because, because our, um, I, I'm confident that, like, as as a trio, we can do any type of improv successfully because I've seen us do it. Um, but because I think our default is like very fast and and very like very very fast, very funny, not a lot of breathing room. I think what I tend to and when like Ruben says very most, funny, he is saying that we are funny because we are funny. But what he we are. But what he's saying is I like think the word is hilarious. Hilarious. There, but there yeah. is a lot of there's a lot of amazing improv that like is like, no, we're going to do, we're going to do great storytelling. We're going to do great, this, great, that we're like, we yeah. want to make you laugh. And our methodology is, yeah, we follow the fun, right? Like we will, um, if we can tell a great, I mean, you guys listen to this podcast, right? If we can tell a great narrative and a great story that feels good and has like a nice structure, that's fantastic. But we will absolutely jettison parts of that to <laughs> pursue right. the dumbest, right. stupidest, right. funniest thing. That's right. Um, <laughs> we will, we will, that's a the priority. very good word. I agree. <laughs> we, will, yeah. we will jettison good improv for funny improv. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we will orphan that narrative. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a latchkey choice for sure. <laughs> We will um, shoot so I an really... offer in the head. <laughs> um, oh, uh, there's no Sophie's choice here. It's very easy. Um, so we will. Uh, uh, I really, really appreciate watching like very uh, like quiet, patient improv. Yeah. Like I remember uh, when we were up in Edmonton for Ganza forever ago. I think it was um, who was it? It was a French duo. Oh, no, action! It, uh? You're talking. No, you're talking about you're talking about the guys from um, not French Ke- from Quebec. It was Mar- oh, Quebec. Okay. Mark and yes. was that Mark? The, the School of Night? 
No, it was an action movie. Yeah, I think it was just called Action Movie. I it think it was called was Action called Movie. Action movie. Yeah. yeah, and I must have been thinking French because they were uh, they're French. They're Quai, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like the they would do scenes and like first of all, great object work. But like I very distinctly remember one of them just like sitting down to get ready at like some sort of uh, mirrored like uh, table. And again, this is like all mimed. Yeah. And like so carefully, like grabbing the lipstick and taking the the top lips and like applying lipstick and putting that back down and then like grabbing like powder to apply powder. And like each item was so it wasn't like I'm putting on makeup. It was like each item was so specific and had such a specific uh, specific weight. Right. And like lived in a place like and the way they did it, like defined the character, too. yeah, Yeah, there was so much just regard for like body control and like the their partner didn't come into the scene during like any of this like we just kind of watched that for a while and like it's that sort of thing that i i really really love to watch because i think because we don't do it very often Mm -hmm. so i like to see it it's Mm -hmm. it's funny that i'll i'll say like to to buck things a little bit i don't enjoy watching that kind of improv like Mm -hmm. um it's it's impressive in the way that bob dylan is impressive where Mm -hmm. it's like I get why people like this, but uh-huh. it's not for me. It's it's a thing where I think it's um, when I see a combination, which I think they had a really good combination of like that and also being very funny and having very funny moments, especially because like their their uh, their format, their thing was action movie. So like it gave these really nice breathers of right. like mm-hmm. not a lot oh, happening between action movie was a fantastic show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think that there is improv where it's like they just do the first part the, and that yeah, to me right. is boring the, yes, the exactly. school of long thoughtful improv right that is slow yes. just like yeah. quiet I mean, voices yeah like just like they're like but i explored my truth i'm like yeah but it was fucking boring your truth dog. Wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but your truth sucks bro um and what, yeah what i don't we came what here I don't to not experience i know regular well, realities yeah. so. that's right that's exactly right Ed. to me that's the that's that's the difference it's like to me it's like if you're it, just trying to when, replicate everyday life then right why the fuck bother going to the theater because mm-hmm. when improv exploded it and especially in atlanta atlanta is uh, it's a destination for movies and entertainment and television. Human one of traffickers, them. you know. Well, also, <laughs> also that. Yes, okay. But anyway, what I'm just to stay on topic here. Uh, that's another podcast episode. No, just kidding. Um, is you know you get all these people who are actors who are also doing who are doing improv too, and I feel mm-hmm. like that's it's a lot of the, the actors. And this is not a knock on actors. Um, but it's that <laughs> but like, I'm about be- to slam them. <laughs> they're meant to explore their own truth and keep it as real as po- and keep it as real and and believable as possible. As we're like with improv, I'm like, yeah, but I, like to your point, Ed, I'm like, I want to see you make choices that like a normal person maybe wouldn't make, or at least get in a situation that is not normal and you have to act normal in that you know strange situation like Mm -hmm. if you're being normal and the situations are normal i'm not going to be entertained i don't think yeah i mean Mm -hmm. and that comes down to i think there are sort of different kinds of improvisers i mean there there are people who are way more in it for the art and there are people who are way more in it for the comedy um Mm -hmm. and like when people ask me what i do um, I refer to myself as a comedian. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Same. That's that's just how a 
how I approach things. Right. I say comedian because it's uh, a bad word. <laughs> it's super empowering. <laughs> yeah, that's also why I call myself a girl boss. Same reasons. A girl boss. <laughs> I'm a girl boss slash comedian. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we just can't use the same fucking non-gendered word. <laughs> oh, my God. We can't do it. Yeah. Um, but it's improv I don't like. I don't like this. It's kind of, I think, in the same line as you guys. I don't like disingenuous improv, um, which sometimes can, like, look really good to an uninitiated viewer right. and, like, could be really polished or could still include lots of skill. But if you hit the stage and I feel like you're, um, if I feel like you're just, like, an MC or, like, you have that just, like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm there to watch people have a good time together. Right. I, I really hate it when things feel like, um, I don't know, like overproduced polish is fine, I, I, but when I it's overproduced it's, in a way that feels disingenuous, I don't like it. When, when I can tell you're just following the handbook. Yeah. That it's, it's that like, Hey everybody, we're going to, we're here to have a laugh tonight. Oh, like that's the if, shit. I if a host ever can't asks stand. you who's ready to laugh, leave yeah. the building. <laughs> I also, I also to that point um, of <laughs> We're like do some impressions tonight, everybody. So who can I get some from the audience? I'm like, Ugh, oh, no. no, this is not what I want. Uh, yeah. Or like, I want to see people having fun. I don't want to see one person driving it. Like I, the, yeah. I see the, the clip shared all the time of rest in peace, Robin Williams, and also the one of um, Richard Simmons on when they both guessed it on whose line is it. Anyway. Oh yeah, and you can tell that uh, they are just destroying like every scene by being the only person in it that yeah. matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like Robin Williams is an incredible improviser, but mostly he's an incredible solo improviser. And mm-hmm. when and uh, and then with Richard Simmons, who is a huge personality, and you know, this is no knock on Richard Simmons, but when I watched those. I just can't help but put myself in, you know, Ryan Styles or Colin Mockery's shoes or whoever, you know, and is you on should, stage. Tom. And oh, I how should. the fuck do I play with? What's yeah, like right I'd now, be yeah. like, oh, this is miserable. I would hate to be up there because I'm just trying to like nothing. I nothing I do will will change what Richard Simmons or Robin Williams is doing. You know, that's not this fun. Actually, and then the same thing when I'm watching any improv. If I'm like, if I see some person who's just like, watch, here I go. I'm like, okay, this is not what I want. Thinking about this is, is I think, actually why um, I, I have a really hard time watching SNL because I think so much of so much of the sketches in SNL, which I know is different from improv, obviously, but like they feel there's always a like weird. Our parents don't know that it's different, by the way. Just one. Yeah, they don't at all. Yeah. No one's parents, especially <laughs> no. in laws, my, for sure, don't know it's different. My grandparents um, are still convinced that I'm on SNL. Yeah, they're the same. Um, but there's always this sort of like weird like di- like. So frequently on SNL and things like it, I just don't, I don't see the people having fun. Right. Which is why when you look at like, um, that's the Garth and Cat. <laughs> to be skits. fair, that is Lauren Michaels' fault for oh, I, overworking uh, them to the point of insanity. Agreed. Producing like a 90 minute sketch show weekly is insane. Um, it's wild. Uh, so like, but like looking at like, uh, like, uh, the Garth and Cat sketches where it's, um, Kristen Wiig and, uh, what's his name? singing uh together they're doing oh, well yeah. one voice 
yeah. but they're doing one voice song. Like that, I fucking love that because right. it's so obvious that they're having fun. That's right. Or uh, watching um, uh, Bill Hader when he does. Oh uh, yeah, was Stefan. Yeah, because he doesn't know what's on those cue cards, mm-hmm. so you can see the real. It's not about him breaking; it's about like the real and true joy of discovery that he is having as he reads what's on there the first time. Those like those uh, back and forths where uh, Che and Jost write jokes for each other, super mm-hmm. fun because they haven't seen him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't like Shay and Jost very much. I don't think they're very good or very funny. But those moments, I think, are very funny because there's like that realness of discovery going on, um, and like generally having fun. And like that's what I want to see when I see comedy. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, granted, that's what all of improv comes back down to, right? Is we're watching people be surprised by each other in a room one mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Hmm. Which is why it's hard to transfer it to transfer it to non-live mediums, right? Because some of that surprise, even if you're seeing a taped version of it the first time, some of that surprise kind of goes away because you know it's already happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can feel it in the room. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. that. That's why we are fiending so hard for that. <laughs> get back and also, on the why you should again. donate to Dad's Garage, a five hundred one c three nonprofit. <laughs> Dadsgarage.com. Yeah, it is such a dance. It is so. It is it have the audience is. Um, I, I, they don't realize, I mean, some people do, but I think like generally they don't realize just like how big of a part of the show they really are. So like, you know, not, I'll, I'll, I'll knock the negative part out of the way really quickly. Like, so if you're not engaged or you're talking or whatever, it's like, you're actually taking away from the show. Like if you're not there to participate, you're, 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 you're weakening the product. The odd, what makes it so powerful and so fun is when, you know, and you feel it. Like it's not, it's not a intellectual thing. It's so subconscious that you're just like feeling the audience and they're feeling you and you like, it's like, what's that thing from Pacific Rim? The, um, like that flow oh, state drift. Diary yeah, touchdown. If you're drift compatible. Yeah. yeah. It's like that. It's like, it's like you're connected and, and they, and and there are any if you make a slight physical move or say a word in a way or look at the audience or look at one of your stage partners in a certain way, they see it. And, and, and it's not even like a laugh that tells you that they're listening. Sometimes it's just a silence or sometimes it's, I don't know, just some sort of sound that they give you or the space they give you. I don't know. There's something that's like very spiritual and amazing about just sharing that space with a live audience that is irreplaceable. That's why I often start um, when I'm hosting a show. Um, I always start with the phrase, uh, this has never happened before and it will never happen again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just, yeah, just I, I so think... people feel like the full weight of that fact. And that's why I think it's also for you know people that are listening to this that are improvisers or want to be improvisers. Um, <clears throat> that's why it's so important to me to like get up on stage and fail a bunch. Right. Like you gotta, you can take classes all day long. You can read books about it all day long, and those are all good things to do because it's part of like the initial journey. But getting up on stage and just beefing it for like three to five years and just sucking you gotta beef hard so dude important. yeah oh dude you have to dude you gotta, beef harder you gotta crack that uh, beef 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 uh, hard too beef harder oh yeah a beef stroganoff um okay you gotta you gotta beef really <laughs> and really to be hard. fair we're all kind of stroking off on stage <laughs> yeah well you know it, it requires a little bit of well the, the audience um, is, is stroganoff to us so like it's <laughs> 
consensual stroganoff. Yeah. And by that I mean they're providing a sort of creamy. You know what the the metaphor does not extend beyond jizz. <laughs> and you know, here's the thing: uh, it's not always funny. <laughs> We're not always funny, as as um, evidenced by that joke there. Just the whole thing. Um, and, you know, a bad joke combined with yes and just meant it kept going. Um, but, like, uh, what's that's what's so important to me, though, is that, like, it's uh, what Tom was talking about, that sort of, like, electricity, that sort of, like, je ne sais quoi, that, like, thing that you can't really put in a textbook or in a class. Or you Like, you have to spend time failing and succeeding to feel it. Because once you start feeling, like, whatever that thing is... I think that's part of like what helps you become a really good improviser is figuring out how to tune like your senses into what that is. Um, and some of that is academic and, and some of that is stuff that you can learn by reading or learn by like taking classes, but there's a very distinct relationship that you forge with the audience every time you walk out on stage and every single audience puts out a different version yeah, of that feeling no doubt. that you have to learn how to tune into. And if you don't learn how to tune into it, you are never going to win them over That's right. and you're going to have a bad night. And it's different every single, not even just night of the week. If you do an eight o'clock and a 1030 show though, on yep. a Saturday night or any night, you know, like just an example Saturday, it is such, it's a completely different crowd. It's so wild that like this joke or this idea or this energy will work with this with this audience and then the next one comes in and it's like completely different. And sometimes you've got a packed house and you feel like you can't get a- any response from them and then afterwards they're like, that was the greatest show I've ever seen in my life. Yep. And then on another night, you're playing for 13 people and you're like, that was freaking gangbusters and those 13 people gave you more energy than a packed house. It's just, it's really I, something. One of the best shows of my life was for five people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, can, uh, Ruben, you used the yes. phrase je ne sais quoi correctly, and I still mm-hmm. wanted to push you into a locker when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, not being able to speak French, but using French terms is the sign of uh, an evolved Of man. true so, intelligence. Um, yeah. no, no question. <laughs> really true intelligence. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it like, like Tom, like you were saying, like, it, I've, I've felt it even change like... Uh, between scenes or like between halves of a show right yeah 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 um and that's why it's so important like to also like be confident in what might feel like failure because i think a, a, a mistake that a lot of young improvisers make is like if you aren't immediately getting that gratification from the audience you tend to go back to bad habits or like mm-hmm. you you go back to like things in your pocket that are easy um and you don't fight a little bit harder to to get the audience on your side um and it's usually like stuff that that isn't going to help or it's just going to be cheap um and that's why it's like you know just like stick to your guns stick to what you're doing and have confidence that like you know what you're doing as an improviser and like if it's good and you can tune to the audience they'll come around to you within a scene or two i think that's what we thankfully with our having so much experience on stage and on stage together when we, we, we did a, a really great um, short form tournament with uh, bad dog theater called Globehead. It was an awesome experience. So glad, yeah, so great. glad we got to do it. Check bad dog out. They're doing you amazing. You can still online. go watch those shows on YouTube. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Go check out bad dog. Um, they're out of Toronto and they're doing so much great online stuff. But anyway, um, 
but to be able to lean on our experience and know that like, because you're not getting laughter from an audience to know that this is working. So to have all those reps together and to just know that like, Oh, nope, I know that like, I know that these choices we're doing are solid. I know that this is like fun scene work. I know that this is working because I've just done, I've done this enough to know that it works and to be able to have that experience in the, um, digital world where we're having to do it via zoom has been invaluable. Yeah. And I, I I think one of the things I was noticing during that tournament with some of teams, I could tell that were younger. um, There was a lot of like, I'm going to say something. And now we're all just kind of like, you know, trepidatiously waiting for the next person to speak. Um, Something we've learned doing your welcome Hollywood is like no dead air. (laughs) <laughs> it is a hundred percent. We're attacking every offer super hard. That's right. Yeah. And just trusting that like, no matter the wild choice that I make, like, or that my partners are, they have not, they have no choice, but to be there for it. And we all know that that like it, it would be, it, it's so much better just to make a choice. Um, maybe, the, maybe that's the secret to improv. Tom is when I say something, I'm obligating you to respond to it. That's, but it is that it a hundred percent is that that to me is like the liberating thing is like, and I think that there was a question we should probably end it. I'm, I'm going to start teaching improv as power moves. <laughs> Um, let's end with this question because there was one here. Yes, Tom. I know. I'm trying I'm to find. Filling it. the dead air. You're doing. I'm great. talking while you're. Oh, while looking. Tom's looking for that. Is doing the podcast easier or more difficult over digital meeting versus in person from Adam Coker? Oh. Uh, I think it's more difficult digital, but I think we've adapted to like it doesn't have the exact same speed. I think because of lag, Dif- different. Energy, otherwise, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, we're still doing movies. We've we've yeah. done. A year's worth of them, so fifty-ish. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. benefits. There's there's definitely benefits to it. The fu- I mean, the funnest thing, honestly, is that we just get to have guests from all over um, yes. join us every week. You that know, is and the best part. That's yeah. been amazing. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, really I've gotten amazing. to I've gotten to see so many people that I miss so dearly. Um. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's just been all friends incredible for festivals to... and that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's so that. I was talking to somebody about this just the other night. There's this thing about the world of improv where if you travel to festivals on a semi-regular basis, Mm -hmm. you have these friends that you almost never see, right? Like I met you in Vancouver six years ago. I met you in London eight years ago. Um, And then, you know, you go back to your respective hometowns and you don't, see each other because you live in different parts of the world and you're not that close. So you don't, you know, necessarily need to like hook up with each other in person. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you get back to a city together, it's like no time ever passed. Right. It's like summer camp is like the best way. Not everyone everyone went to summer camp, but, but it's a very accelerated relationship because one, you're typically, if you're talking like about a festival, you know, you're not working. You're like, you're just there to the entire focus is having fun and, and, and connecting with people. And, and here are these people like just the nature of improv is, Oh, I'm going on stage with someone who I don't really know very well, but, <laughs> but I uh, need to very, trust them implicitly with yeah, my life because they mm-hmm. could be my wife in the scene or my husband in a scene or, you know, like someone very intimate to me. And, and immediately we have to fall into those roles and, um, 
yeah, it just it's accelerated. That's the best way I can put it. And, and I it love teaches it. A, and I love it. a universal <laughs> language of sorts, right? Where it's like, because I've, I've, done, I've done plenty of shows with people who it's like, there's actually like a pretty distinct language barrier. Um, right. Where, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, we don't actually like, uh, like we speak very little of each other's language. And it some of the best scenes I've ever done because it's like actually removing the crutch of like being able to communicate um, in the same language means that we have to rely so much on everything else um, that it makes these really strong scenes. Cause we're now we're making choices based off of something that's even more like, um, like innate still, yeah. still um, one of my to favorite everyone. improv moments ever is uh, the, the French group uh, that came to, uh-huh. um, uh. yeah. Uh. E- e- UX. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it means water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I can't remember who it was from the group, but walked on stage and just held out a mimed box and said, this is the shoe box of things that I like. <laughs> <laughs> and th- the language barrier made th- that offer so good. That's so great. I remember um, uh, we had a Dutch, we had a Dutch improviser come in and I was late. Oh, I was late for the green room. I had like totally blanked and didn't know I was in the show. And then you, you know, fucked up. Liz, Liz, our stage manager was like, you fucked up, get over here. I was like, Oh no. And I got there five minutes before call and I never really got to know anybody, but uh, me and this performer went on stage and she's Dutch. And I was like, you know, um, we're like, what, what kind of game do we want to do? And I was like, let's just do a scene in Dutch. And it was so, she leaned into it hard. You know, we all knew the game because it's an American crowd. The, Ameri- the Our American crowd isn't going to know Dutch. I don't know Dutch, but how fun it's going to be for us to like, I, I did my best to like sound like I'm speaking, you know, Danglish or whatever it is, Dutch, you know. Mm-hmm. Danglish. It was, like super, it was a super fun scene. I'm like, but I would like hear words she said. I would like repeat a word that sounded important, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes it was. And I, to your point, it's like it, it but you being but you able to just. Yeah. If, if she said, I have a sandwich, you might have been repeating the word have. Exactly. <laughs> but it was like, but I made that like, I have you. Oh, I have you. And you have me, you know, whatever. It's like, it, it just became just super, super fun. And we, because you could just strip down all of those pretenses. Okay. I found the question that I thought yes. was a good ender. Okay. This has and become kind of, a weirdly deep improv discussion. I, I've loved this. Yeah. I hope other people have enjoyed it. We'll enjoy it. Um, so this is from Anna Jones. Anna Jones says, what's the best way to get out of your head before an improv show? And the reason I, that it sparked my, um, this question came up in my head was when you were talking about, Ed, what you're going to teach them is just to, I forget what it was, but. Um, uh, to uh, power through each other That's and right. intimidate them. But I, to me, what is so, when I, what is so freeing about improv is that no matter what I say becomes reality. And that's, that, that can be frightening. I get that because what if I say the wrong thing? But once you get past that and you know that like, it doesn't matter what choice I make. I just have to make a choice because once I make that choice, then that becomes canon for our scene. And that, and that becomes the truth for our scene. And my improviser, if, they are just, if they're doing what they should be doing in improv, they will support that choice no matter what it is. And I don't mean it in a forceful way. I mean it in a very liberating way where... And, and so anyway, what gets me out of my head before a show is I just say, Tom, it's not up to you. Like, it's not up to me to make this show great. All I need to do is just make some choices and trust that my partners are going to make that choice work. 
And I find that very liberating that I can just get out of my way. And I, I learned that actually from a Becky Johnson um, workshop many, many in my very, very early days. Um, but that's been incredibly powerful for me. I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you just said, but feel the need to add something because of content. Uh, no, I oh, thank um, you. honestly, at a certain point, it transitioned from that sort of feeling to me just going like, I'm fucking good at this. <laughs> like <laughs> it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just uh, sort of giving over to your own like empowerment and talent and right. stuff like that is reps and knowing that your you know your 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 floor your your performance floor or has risen over the years. Even if you're not, just tell yourself that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, go on. Always go on stage with the idea that you're gonna fucking kill, mm-hmm. um, because yeah. it tends to manifest. Yeah, I think there's there's something to be said about um yeah, the the I mean the, we talk about an improv a lot about like, you know, don't don't think about stuff, which it's like cool, like, you know, as someone with a lot of anxiety, a lot of us have a lot of anxiety. Um that's, you know, the like I'm depressed. Have you tried smiling? It doesn't seem like it's that helpful. <laughs> um but it there is there is a thing to me of like there's a weird peace and calm to just like giving myself over to the chaos. And like like you said, Tom, like the the more you can focus on like i'm not important here um it's sort of at I'm, all. I'm gonna throw my body into the river and wherever i wash up is fine yeah and it's gonna and be I, great yeah and i don't think that's antithetical to what ed said about i'm awesome at this like i think that you can simultaneously feel both things of like i'm not remotely important to what's happening here but i am gonna kill it I think you can have both of those concepts. It's hard to, but I think that you can have both of those concepts in your brain at the same time, because the idea is like this show doesn't need me, but what I am going to do for it will be good. That's right. Um, right. And I, yeah, yeah, that's great. It will, it yeah. will survive without me, but my presence will be an addition to it. Yes. And I think this goes back to, if I can tie it back to our Tom, very first question, just <laughs> tie this thing up into a oh, nice little we're going bundle. all the way back to home alone, homeward bound. <laughs> all right. Uh, the house. No, just kidding. Um, is, is when we do have it, all of these new voices on stage. And if you're listening and you're not an improviser and, and, and you, because maybe you don't see improvisers like you on stages that you visit or in zoom shows that you watch, I want you to know that your voice is valuable and it, and, it, mm-hmm. and it's because of who you are and how different you are in your background and what you look like and your experience that makes it valuable. And to me, that's what makes you awesome. And that's what makes, that's what gives you value is that interesting perspective, that unique perspective that is only yours. And I'll say this too, like even if you do see other people on stage that look like you, I extend this invitation to you as well. But it, it, is it would that be con- weird if there were just no more new improvisers <laughs> ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's knowing that your ideas are what make you interesting. That when you show up for a night, yes, it's not up to you. It's not because of you that the show is going to be awesome. But when you show up to the show, you should know that your ideas are going to make that show unique. Like it is because of you that that show is going to be unique because you're in it and i just want i want people to have that confidence that like you are welcome on these stages and your voice makes the shows unique 
Tom, I think that's a really nice place to wrap up today's viewer Q&A special, um, during which I believe we answered four questions in the course Whatever, of an man. hour. But we answered them we well. We answered them so well. <laughs> Thoroughly. It would, it would be, uh, me and Tom talked about this before we started, my, my least... Uh, uh, and I could be wrong. I'm not an interviewer professionally, obviously, but like uh, I think what makes bad interviews is someone having a checklist of like, here's the question I have to ask here and here and here. I think the reason why like people fucking love Mark Maron and he is a good interviewer, mm-hmm. but like to me, the secret of that isn't, and it's literally just you ask a question and then you just listen intently on what you're being told, and then you find an interesting tidbit from what you've just heard, and then you ask them to. Like you use that to jump off to your Craig, next thing. Funny, that's also the way you expound. interrogate people. Interesting. Are you, <laughs> it's, are you a cop, Ruben? No. <laughs> you have to tell me legally. Yeah, Ruben. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, what a wild thing if I turn out to be a cop, guys. <laughs> well, it's um, truly. <laughs> so this was entrapment the whole time. Uh huh. With okay. this squ- swarthy complexion. Um, so uh, I just love any use of the word swarthy. With this okay. swarthy complexion. With this ambiguous mug and blood. Um, <laughs> with my Orlando skin. Okay, sorry. That's, just still, still laughing at the fucking. It's a, a tweet I put out. The um, it's the the opening of Supermarket Sweep, the 2000 version, and there's a line that's yeah. just, "What kind of race is this?" Because <laughs> they're yeah. talking about they're talking about the actual supermarket sweep. Yeah. The, but every rules. time I heard it, yeah. I was just laughing because I was just like. Yeah, that's what people say when they see me. Um, Well, um, listeners, (laughs) thank you for being here today. Um, And vivra. There you go, Ed. Thank you. Uh, You can find (laughs) us on the internet. Uh, We are at Ed, Tom, and Ruben on Twitter. We are at Your Welcome Hollywood on Instagram, edtomandruben.com. Please give us a like, a subscribe, tell your friends about us, um, leave a review on iTunes. That would be super helpful. that's all we got, yeah? Yeah, can I just say, and I'm not trying to, like... Fuck, what now? I'm not trying to get a pity review, but I think our last review on iTunes is, like, from May of 2020. So, um, y'all, can... Yeah, you dong knockers need to get on iTunes. (laughs) Can can we get, like, a during pandemic review? Yeah, please, that's right. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also... I think the, a lot of stuff we talked about today, if you're not, like Tom was saying, if you're not an improviser, like, you know, in different language, done up a different way, uh, a lot of this shit is like, you you get, a lot of the stuff you don't have to even apply to improv. I think all of it is in, to go back True. to the first question, right? True. It's all valuable stuff um, that all of us apply in our personal lives to to varying degrees of success, for success for sure. Um, yeah, the, so yeah, the more just, you hopefully see you enjoyed other it. people in your life as having yeah. value and being worth your attention, the happier you And will not be. as competition, but as like teammates to get shit done That's right. um, and play together is such a, just that is such a different mindset to put yourself in um, that if everyone put themselves in that mindset, their world would be a better place legitimately. I, yep, for sure. We're all just here trying to have fun. It's like, and get, and get through this, right? So and get, like, and get fucked, married and killed. Yep. Oh, dude, I would, I would love to all three. I don't want to die a natural death. It's like, no, are you uh, kidding me? I want to fuck, marry, and kill myself. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk about basic dying from old age? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking basic as shit. Yeah. What type of story is that? Ooh. Well, treat each other you well, friends, old. and <laughs> die rad. All yeah. Right. If you want to murder me, 
Let me know online. Wait. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Kill Ruben. I'm not saying right now, but like, give me another, I don't know, 40 or so years. I'm probably good to go. Make 40 it. or so? <laughs> We're in our 30s now. That's that's going to be. Yeah, but I have a feeling my mind's going to be shit by the time I'm in my like 75 right. or so. Okay. Make it interesting. Yeah. Make it cool. Make me like, put me on the run for a week. And make me not know why or what's happening. <laughs> Throw me off the bridge, be... but glue my foot to my dong first. <laughs> put me in no, no, like, like put me in a fucking like old boy scenario. Oh, oh, yeah, put me in a heightened state of fear for a good week, yeah. and then just and then just like give me peace. <laughs> just saw my ass. Do do something. Just make my last week on this planet fucking cool yeah. and terrifying push, in a nightmare. Push me off a fucking mountain, you coward. Yeah. And then you can, then you can kill me boring. But just make the last like I want to just be I'll like be in what a room the room made of saw blades. <laughs> I want to feel like I was so important to somebody that they went through a lot of work. To really psychologically damage a 70-something-year-old man. Are we done with this yet? <laughs> Just kill me. <laughs> All right. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. This has been your Welcome Hollywood with Ed, Tom, and Ruben. For more, go to Ed, Tom, and Ruben.